on yet. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Springfield Church of the Brethren. It is June the 6th. Technically, summer doesn't start till June the 21st or 22nd, right? It feels like it today, though. Um, a, a couple of announcements. Church softball this afternoon at, it's 2 o'clock? 2 o'clock. That's what it says in the bulletin, but I thought I'd double-check. Uh, executive um, committee and the commissions meet this Wednesday downstairs at 7 and 740. Uh, I will be jumping back into doing Bible study, but I am just don't have enough time to get ready for it yet this week. I'm kind of eased myself in last week. I'm jumping back into it this next week, but I will not be ready for Bible study. So not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, we will jump into our next reading out of Corinthians. The flower calendar is in the back. If you uh, would like to have flowers up here to honor or in memory of someone, just fill out the thing and, and let them know. As we are now officially in June, that means we are officially just, a, well, frankly, a hop, skip, and a jump from district conference, uh, which is coming up at in, um, oh, it's right here in the calendar, August the 14th. We still need people to help uh, direct those around our church, to help hand out food, to help basically make sure that district conference runs smoothly. If you are willing and able, please reach out to the, the committee who's in charge. I believe uh, our sister Becky is the chair of that committee. Is that correct? Looking at her husband. Yeah. Yes, okay. Oh, I see Becky in the back too anyway. Sorry, Becky, didn't know where you went. <laughs> um, so let them know. Also, Kids Closet is the 1st of August and that's coming up quickly as well. There will still need of clothing donations and monetary support. Um, and this year we'll be able to have it again. I'm looking forward to that. I didn't get to experience that yet. Before we move into our time of prayer, I did want to mention that today's um, service will look a little different in that usually I read a scripture and then I talk about it. But I really wanted to explore the books of the Bible in a way that they were meant to be encountered, which was read aloud. So any time that Paul would write an epistle, in fact, any time pretty much any of the books were written, somebody would then be assigned to take it to where it was to be read, to who it was intended for, and then they would stand up there and read it aloud. They would perform it. So for 1 Corinthians, it probably was Sosthenes, who gets a brief mention. If you were to go to uh, Romans, for instance, it was Sister Phoebe who stood in front of the Romans and read Paul's work. So I wanted to have us encounter that way, but realizing that the books are written for a specific audience in a specific time, dealing with specific problems, I've kind of reworked them into some more modern language with, I'm sorry, a couple Andrew jokes worked in. So that is why you will see that the sermon is listed as including readings from 1 Corinthians, the first four chapters. I just kind of 
edit it, put them into the thing. So if you were to follow along in your Bible, you'll notice I actually stick pretty close to the NIV version. Um, but then I will have scripture readings right out of that added into it. As we move into this time of prayer, I have to first open up and say thank you to all of you. Keep thinking I'm done crying, and then I start saying things. These last couple weeks have been really hard for us. And while I can't say the pain is gone, or probably ever will be, you all here have made the journey a lot easier. I want to thank you for your prayers, your cards, the food, the words of comfort. They've made this really difficult thing less difficult. So thank you. I will express some of those same things from the Young family. Um, all the thanks in the world for all the kind words and prayers for Bonnie and Christine and, well, all their sisters and brothers and grandchildren. We will be celebrating Glenn's life here at the church tomorrow at 11 o'clock, viewing starting at 10. There is um, visiting hours tonight at the, at the funeral home. Yeah, it's right there. Calling hours from 5 to 8 at Hopkins Laver over on Canton. Are there any other joys or prayers for concern that you wish to raise with the community today? Prayers for our sister Faye, who is, is struggling with just getting well, struggling with sinus and other, other things that are just kind of keeping her feeling unwell. Okay. Of course, prayers for our sister Janice as she has the second eyes surgery tomorrow. And that it will go as well as the first. And I completely missed the pirate eye patch time. I'm sorry. Okay. Depends on what what depends on what they use to knock you out. How you come out speaking? Yeah. <laughs> Brother Mike. Prayers for Jade, who many of you know, struggling with life circumstances and, and to see where God is in all these things happening around her. Prayers for strength. Brother Mark.
So it is a joy, Mark, that you were able to, to go back behind the wheel and, and to be able to be back out on the road. But prayers for your, your granddaughter, Piper, who's lost a father who may not have been as involved in her life as one might wish, but now she won't have that chance. And so prayers as she grows and learns that she is able to find those strong parental figures that, that she needs. And prayers for Josh as he had a, an accident and is recovering from, from his surgery to repair his leg. Pray that it, it goes well. He's able to get around again soon. Brother Dick. That is wonderful. Dick had surgery on his eye, and it did exactly what it was supposed to do, and it's great to hear that you can see us all well, and I'm a little sorry that you have to see my face. That was the joy of me wearing a mask. You all didn't need to do that as much. Well then, if you will join me in the call to worship as it is in your bulletin. Holy One, we are divided. We say I and you and we and them. We forget that there is only us in you. God of all, come into this space this morning and united us. Erase the divisions that humans created. Call us out into the wilderness Reform us, make us into road builders, bridge erectors, smooth the rough clay into the perfect container so that we can provide life-giving water to the world. We know that you created us, each of us uniquely into your body, that we fit together into your body seamlessly. Lord, who is three and one, help us to realize that we, too, are not only many, but also one. There is only we. If you'll please pray with me. Mighty God, we remember how the story began. Two people in paradise who separate themselves from God. Again and again, we humans choose division over unity. You placed your mighty hands directly on the 12 tribes of Jacob, and still they drew lines and fought with one another. Even the generation of those who walked with the sun found race reasons to say us and them instead of we. God. Open our hearts, force us to look beyond the I and us and realize that there is, that is something that we created, that there is only one family in your name. There is only we. Come into this space this morning, work on us, empower us, push us. Make it so that when we go out into this world, that we will endeavor to erase the lines that humans drew to divide your beloved people. 
Amen.
Please join me in prayer. Holy Creator, who brings sunshine and rain, brings ice storms and gentle brings zephyrs. Be with us as we walk through the trials of life. Moments that we feel triumphant and that all things are good. Moments that we mourn and it feels as if everything is broken. In this moment, Lord, we want to raise our brother, Glenn, who we know is with you this day and mourn the loss of a voice who sang out so fully. We pray for his family, for his wife, his children and grandchildren. You hold them close in this moment. We thank you for this church family that holds us close in moments like that, that lifts us up when we feel broken. We lift up our sister Faye as she struggles with an illness that just doesn't seem to be going away. We lift up Jade as she struggles with things going on in her life that you give her strength and clarity. We lift up Josh as his body heals. We lift up Piper and her mom as they deal with the loss of a loved one, a loss of a future. We pray for our sister Janet as she prepares to go into surgery and ask that her body heals well. And thank you for how well the first surgery went. And thank you for how well Dick's surgery went. Lord, you know the struggles that lie in our hearts. You know the things that make us sing. Hold us up. Celebrate with us. Mourn with us. Amen. As we have been doing, the two-cent offering is here. It's just in the back, so feel free to visit the fishbowl at some point. Paul never wrote without a reason. And, of course, the way he received that reason is that he got letters or reports from others. And 1 Corinthians is no exception. But we have no record of what those first letters were or what those reports were, except for the little bit we can glean out of Paul's writings. Most likely, 1 Corinthians was in response to several some letters from the Corinthian church itself and at least one from the household of Chloe. Perhaps there was a letter or a visit from Apollos. And there was at least a visit from Stephanus and his friends. So as we encounter and reimagine the first letter to the Corinthians this morning, let's imagine one of those letters that started off this whole conversation. 
Move the pencils. To Paul, my dear friend and teacher, I, Chloe, greet you, Paul, brother, in Ephesus, and pray that your ministry with our brothers and sisters across the Aegean continues to thrive. I daily thank God for many miracles I have seen and experienced that I was given a chance to know him and the gift of his son, Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that I am able to walk in his ways and be strengthened so that I will be ready for his return. Amen. I write this letter to you because of my concern for the health of our brothers and sisters here in Corinth. As you had recommended, Brother Apollos came and preached to us here and taught. His presence was at first a great boon to our community. He is beautiful and eloquent in his preaching. He pushed us to grow upon the faith that you taught us and become better believers. More people came to hear him speak and they joined because his words stirred them. However, some people now identify themselves as followers of Paul or Apollos or of Jesus, and divisions have formed. The complaint by many of those who see themselves as followers of Apollos is that your speaking style is too plain and too simple. Apollos talks a great deal about the theology and philosophy. Many hear him and believe him a Christian version of Socrates or Plato. And many of my brothers and sisters have begun to fully have begun to believe that they fully understand the way. They think they have already attained the kingdom of heaven and are living as rulers in God's lands. They belittle other believers and non-believers, furthering further widening the divides within our community. I do not wish, Brother Paul to complain about or to mock my siblings in Christ. But I am concerned about the path we are taking and I beseech you to intervene and set us back upon the correct path. Not only because I consider you my wise friend, but also because you are the one who first brought us to Christ and know best our hearts and our struggles. May God keep you and protect you in all his wisdom for we are his forever and ever. Amen. Your sister in the service of Lord Jesus Christ, Chloe. Greetings to my brothers and sisters of Corinth from I, Paul, who is called out to be an apostle and sent by Christ, the Messiah, Jesus, according to that which God had long ordained, I write to you, along with our brother Sosthenes. I write to you, those of Corinth, sanctified in Christ, and pray that the grace and peace are given to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to God, our Creator, for the grace and knowledge of Christ Jesus, for the wisdom and power of speech bestowed upon you, you are blessed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and lack nothing. Lean hard into Jesus, for then you will remain faithful and blameless until the end of days. God is faithful and will surely call you into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. With all that said, my dear friends, 
my brothers and sisters, who I view as my own children, as I brought you into the way of Jesus our Lord, I now must ask, what's wrong with you? Seriously, what's wrong? I've received these reports that you are all arguing among yourselves and that you're actually forming divisions. Why, why do you some, some of you claim allegiance to Jesus' servants? You are not mine, or Apollos's, or Cephas's. Pete, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? For the first time, frankly, I'm kind of glad that I baptized so few of you. I feel so much less guilty knowing that not many of you can go, oh, I was baptized by Paul with this quote-unquote special inheritance. I wasn't sent to baptize you. That wasn't my job. I came to preach. I can't give you salvation. I can only use my words simply, plainly, to bring glory to God and point you to Christ and the sacrifice on the cross. Now, I know this seems really silly to some of you. I mean, for after all, I spoke to you about God, about Christ. Shouldn't I be using complex words like supralapisarianism? I can barely say it. Shouldn't I show you that I understand the deep mysteries of God and salvation and then bedazzle you with ideas that you to this day still can't comprehend just so you can go to coffee shops and appear wise and intellectual with your friends? No, you misunderstand God's ways. For it's like Isaiah said, God told him, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. I get it. You have grown up hearing words of wise men. People in your city daily argue over the deep thoughts of Socrates, Plato, Zeno, Aristotle. Many of you are like my brother Apollos. You are well-educated in their theories and thoughts, trying to apply them to God. But let me tell you, those thoughts are human thoughts. And before God, they are foolish. They are foolish because they fail to comprehend God's deep wisdom. And they call what they don't understand foolishness. Look, the Greeks, they like to look for wisdom. And the Jews, they ask for signs and miracles. But they don't expect that the divine one would willingly sacrifice a part of himself upon a cross. The cross that bears criminals and rebels. That is a stumbling block to them. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. They ask, how? How can a pure God come down to this world and die? Gods can't die. How can they be resurrected? Things that die don't come back. They struggle with the idea that the pure being of God could even come to this dirty, mundane world. But to believe any of that could happen to them is pure foolishness. 
And they are attempting to bend the mystery that is of God's ways to human intellect. But the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Now, none of you are a Socrates or a Seneca. In fact, frankly, it's amazing that you are even allowed to watch Jeopardy on TV. You are not chosen for your wisdom. And you are not chosen because you are of influential birth or that you have a lot of money. God chose you because you are not wise and not powerful. Those, God, those people God will shame through his work in you. God chooses the lowly and despised in order to show his power and to upset the balance of human civilization. So stop boasting. Seriously, don't boast about your knowledge and wisdom. It is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. As Jeremiah wrote, let the one who boasts, boast in God. Rely on God as I do. I do not preach with confidence in myself. It is the Spirit's power that words flow from my mouth. There is God power in them, not mine. Now, if I were speaking with the wise, with the spiritually mature, I would have taught you a little differently. We would have discussed how God's wisdom is a deep hidden mystery. That all things concerning the Messiah were a plan from before the beginning of ages. That all things pertaining to the miracle of the cross were long, out, long planned out and hidden from the leaders of humans. Lest they decide to hinder God's agenda. But to us, us few, us wise, God revealed all these things through the Spirit. Even the deep hidden things, we became the secret holders, the secret couriers. We wise would discuss and reflect upon these revelations, knowing that they are gifts of the Spirit that would be misunderstood by those who had not received them directly from God. That those folks, those human wise, would call them foolishness, if I were speaking with the God-wise, I would not need to explain all this. For human-wise people think they can teach and dictate things to God. That they think they know what God is thinking. No. As Isaiah warned us, no one can know God's mind. No one can teach God. We are blessed. For we know that Christ has taught us that we know these things through Christ who has taught us. But alas, sisters, brothers, I couldn't talk to you as if you were one of the God-wise. You weren't and still aren't ready for it. You are spiritual infants. So the spiritual food I gave you was milk and mashed peas. You are still new to this walk. You may call on the Spirit... You may claim Jesus Christ, but you still live as if you are in the human world. 
you have not fully given yourselves over to God. And I know this. It is obvious to everyone else because you are jealous and quarrelsome, just as the people of this world are. People of this world give their allegiance to a person or a group. They give their loyalty to other humans. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being mere human beings? Who is Apollos? Who is Cephas? Who am I? Humans. That's all we are, born into this world just as you were. Though one's trying to escape it through Jesus by following the Messiah, we are but ser servants following our calls and orders to, of the, from the only one who actually deserves allegiance. My order was to come to you, sisters and brothers, to plant mustard seeds of faith in Corinth. Apollos followed, called there by God to water those seeds. But you know what? Neither of us can make those seeds sprout and grow. It doesn't matter how well I till the soil or how many seeds I put in the ground. It doesn't matter if Apollos puts on enough manure or water. It's only God who can make the seed sprout. It's only God who can make the plant grow. We are but servants in God's fields as you are. We deserve nor want nor wish your loyalty. Eventually Christ will return though. And we all will be tested by light and fire. When I lived with you, we built a strong foundation. One built upon Jesus Christ that should stand up to any disaster. Apollos came after me and built upon the foundation that I laid with you. I pray, I really pray that he built upon the work we laid down and that he didn't deviate to fulfill his own wishes. For it will be tested in the end of days and you all will surely be called to Jesus' side. But how unscathed you are from the tumults of the Lord's day is completely dependent on how well that house that you and I and Apollos, Apollos built and maintained. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or dead or the present or the future. All are yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. That is how you should think of us as servants of the God Most High, the ones who revelations of God have been entrusted. We are the secret couriers. We must do our best to live up to God's expectations. And frankly, I don't give a rat's patootie what any of you think about me. Drag me before a court, I don't give a. Their judgment means as about much to me as a half-rotted fig that someone has stamped upon. I don't even judge myself. That is, I don't rank myself against the other disciples. We're all servants of Christ. 
Instead, I just follow where Christ leads me and say what I am told to say. My conscience is clear. Though I know I am not perfect, the only one who can judge me is God. And he will do so at an appointed time and judge me fully by those things seen and unseen. The motivations of my heart will only be fully revealed to and by the divine master. Learn from us, from those called out to know the secrets, to teach them. I tell you all these things so that you will understand the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what is written. Because some of you think you already fully know, that you already fully understand the way of Christ, and then it's because of your own hard work. It isn't. You are not better than the secret couriers, the apostles. You are not better than your brothers and sisters. If you understand the way of Jesus, that understanding is a gift. And you received it by grace, not by your own hand. Or, perhaps, maybe you've already achieved the kingdom of heaven in Corinth. Are you now rich and powerful, reigning over the city? Dang, if only I stayed there with you instead of going off to other people. <sighs> I could be there with you, enjoying the fruits of the ministry I have been called to. Because where I am now, it seems like the kingdom of heaven is still quite far off. Instead of living the good life, we apostles, we the secret couriers, are made into spectacles for the God ignorant and the God opposed. We are marched down broad boulevards that end in Colosseum deaths, meant to amuse the uninformed, appease the enemy, and scare our friends. We are fools for Christ. But you, you are wise for Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. We you are honored and we are dishonored. We are beaten and starved. We wander unsheltered in this world, even in this moment when you have achieved the kingdom of heaven there in Corinth. Still, we put our nose to the grindstones. Like Sisyphus, we endlessly struggle to push the stone up the mountain. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up until this moment. Look, I know. My words have been quite sharp. And some of you, I am sure, have taken great offense at things I have said to you. But I write this letter not because I want to shame you. I write this because I love you, all of you. You have been blessed by so many great servants of Christ. But even if there were 10,000 of them, I am still the father of your church. I'm the one who was first sent to bring you into the kingdom of Christ. And my care for you is special as a father who raised his children. I want you to succeed. I want you to succeed in Jesus. 
I urge you, please follow my path. I sent my dear friend, my spiritual son, Timothy, there. He'll assist you and teach you as I once did. Some of you I know don't care. Some of you believe that they are now wiser and more powerful than me and that I won't come to you and set things right. I will prove them wrong. For soon I will not only walk with you in spirit, but I will walk with you in body. And I will show you in whom Jesus has entrusted the power of the kingdom. What do you all want? Should I come there to discipline? Should I come like an old school master armed with a paddle and a switch? Or should I come with a shepherd's crook and gently correct? You all decide. As a reminder, if you wish to stay and sing, there will be three hymns following the benediction, um, all listed in your bulletin. Paul was writing to a church that faced division, who said, I give my loyalty to this person or that. It's something that I think still speaks to us today, whether it's something in our churches, or something in our political, or something in any section of our life. Paul reminds us there's only one whose loyalty is actually owed to, and that's Jesus. We only have one allegiance to give. So as you go out this day and encounter this world of division, strive. Strive to live as Christ did, to open your arms to those who are on the other side of those human-drawn divisions. To say, I don't give my loyalty to any one person. I give my loyalty only to God. We're called The Church, capital C. It's one group. Doesn't matter if you put Baptist in front of that or Roman Catholic or even Church of the Brethren. We put it after the church part. So go out, step over barriers, erase lines. Go out and be the children of Christ, this one gigantic family of humanity created in God's image. Amen.